Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow is underway on this Thursday edition. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Streaming live on YouTube. You can find us at the site, outkick.com, plus on X and more. And this great radio partner, we thank you for listening in. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, what is Thursday now on this show? It's the weekend. Happy weekend, everyone. You made it. Great job, everybody out there. Way to get through this week. You fought hard. You persevered. Here we are. The weekend is here. The new weekend of the fall is Thursday. We got football tonight. Ready to go, Hutton. Excited about the show. Technically, wouldn't your rule apply to Tuesday now that we see Conference USA games play? Maction? Yeah. Should we start the weekend with Maction on Wednesday nights? Also, maybe bump, maybe bump all the way back to the Tuesday, and then it's weekend. Yeah, that that would be a little ambitious, even for me. I think to go all the Tuesday way back night to college Tuesday. football is ambitious. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing that feels like a weekend night on a Tuesday ever. No. I've never looked no. up on a Tuesday night and thought, you know what, tonight feels like the weekend, <laughs> unless we're you know partying at the Super Bowl. That would be the only way that it feels like the weekend. So. The weekend's here now. Congratulations, everyone. Armando Salguero will be here in 20 minutes. We'll discuss the top NFL headlines, which includes Deshaun Watson, which we'll uh, touch on in a moment, plus uh, the other quarterbacks that are banged up. Trevor Lawrence it apparently is going to try to give it a go this evening for Jacksonville as they take on New Orleans uh, down at the uh, Bet MGM Superdome, uh, Caesars Superdome, excuse me. Uh, looking forward to seeing... Uh, Lawrence give it a go if he can uh, with the uh, the bad knee for Jacksonville, who is a four and two. Uh, coming up uh, in uh, about an hour and a half, Trey Wallace on the show. Big college football weekend. They're all big, Chad, but some big matchups, of course, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, and Alabama in a swing game for the SEC. Uh, the assumption that it's Georgia and, and Bama, we'll see. I still think we see craziness down the stretch here in the final six games. Uh, we'll preview all the big matchups with Trey, get the college football news. Plus, Mike Gunzelman, the Guns Show from Outkick.com, in studio with us coming up in the final hour. The NCAA investigating Michigan football again. And uh, uh, the allegation pertains to sign stealing. The NCAA bylaw, which they're investigating Michigan, and if they violated this, quote, off-campus, in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited. The Big Ten Conference received this notification from the NCAA that uh, the organization is uh, conducting this investigation, and they declined to give any further details whenever they were contacted, the NCAA, for the, the, the spokesman there. But what we do know is they sent this in a statement uh, late Wednesday the Big Ten Conference and the University of Michigan were notified by the NCAA that the NCAA is investigating allegations of sign stealing by the University of Michigan football program. The Big Ten Conference has notified Michigan State University and future opponents. The, uh, the importance and, and 
the, the Big Ten Conference considers the integrity of competition to be of the utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation. The conference will have no further comment at this time. So they, Michigan used uh, the allegation, used unnamed individuals to attend games of scheduled opponents and then still signs going into said matchup down the schedule. That's the allegation. Yeah, and it's so now whenever Michigan uh, guesses right on a run play or a pass play or gets in the backfield on a fourth down and the announcer goes, man, it's like Michigan was in the huddle before that play happened. The immediate allegation is going to be that they were because they've stolen signs because they've got someone out, the, some you know, sending some goons out to, I don't know, who, who they played Bowling Green. They're going out to Bowling Green's games and stealing signs before they play them. Um, we'll see where this goes and who the representatives were for Michigan that went to these games to allegedly steal signs and, and go about this illegal scouting of an opponent. I think when you first read the story, you think everything is on video. You can see everything that goes on with an opponent. It's not, not like there's a lack of information uh, on the teams before you get ready to play them. What would be the use for this? Well, the, the use is that you're doing something live at a game where you can get an advantage point and see something that otherwise you wouldn't. Um, but it's not a, a no. violation. There's not a rule against it technically, sign stealing. No, there's not a rule against sign stealing during the game. There is a rule about sending someone to scout an opponent to steal signs uh, when you're not playing them. So we'll see where this goes. I, I'm sure – we're going to get a lot of this happens everywhere. You know, this isn't something new. I, I, I'm anxious to see the response from the college football world at large. Not Michigan fans who are going to defend it no matter what. Not Ohio State fans who are going to attack it no matter what. Um, it's clear that they have broken the rules, or at least that's, what they're, that's what's being investigated right now. So I, I want to see what the response is from the rest of, the, of college football world coaches players if they speak out against this and, and to see just how uncommon this is this was actually allowed up until 1993 this rule came into effect in 1993 with the NCAA it's also interesting that they now have to notify every Michigan opponent like they did with Michigan State moving forward and this is uh, not the first time we've seen uh, a top tier elite program accused of this uh, Clemson and, and Britton Venables defensive coordinator there at the time um, the 2021 Sugar Bowl, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields said he huddled to call plays more often in an effort to prevent Clemson to, uh, from picking up on plays ahead of time because there was a sense that everyone knew what was going on uh, within that. This is also the paranoia of coaches that will now grow. Uh, programs in the, from the uh, high school level even all the way up through the NFL. You know, you've got the vinyl now around the, the fence for the practice field. And the, the football facilities, so people can't stand on the opposite side on a public sidewalk and look in during the, the practice. Uh, and that goes on at every level in college football. Uh, plus, what, how many, when you watch the, the signals from the sideline now, how many guys do you have signaling in? It's usually the redshirt freshman in uniform, and then you have uh, an assistant um, and Possibly another player doing it. I mean, the t Tennessee games alone with their yeah. fast-paced offense, they've got they've got a dude, a staffer in a red power tee pullover. They got one in a purple one. They've got one in a blue one. They've got different colors that aren't associated with Tennessee and guys signaling in plays 
all one at a time. And you don't know, obviously, the players know, but which one is the actual guy giving the signal each time. They go to great lengths as, as is, but I think you're right, Hutton. One thing we know about the coaching profession, it is a paranoid group. And now that this is out there and opponents of Michigan moving forward this year or past opponents feel like when they read this news that they were in some way violated or cheated and that Michigan knew what was coming, this is going to be a talking point amongst all coaches that to make sure they're doing everything they can to cover up signs, but also to probably pose the question, is this going on elsewhere? Are there other programs that are doing this? Uh, and just speaking of signs, you know, the, the play sheet that was visible crystal clear uh, for Dallas while Mike McCarthy's calling the offensive plays this past week. Uh, same thing happened to Sean Payton and the Broncos on Thursday Night Football. And he said, well, I saw it in my, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I saw it. I'm, I'm neutral on it. Don't really care. Yeah, he's like, I, with the way you prep and all the uh, tendencies for offense and defense now, you pretty much know the play sheet. You just don't know which play is being called, is what he's it saying. Was, uh, it, I, I was, I raised an eyebrow to it. I'm like, that's, I mean, I like the answer that it's no big deal. But at the same time, I'm thinking that's very much the opposite response of what I was expecting. Yeah. From an NFL head coach, especially Sean Payton, known for his offense. And the plays are right there on the sheet. Yeah, that, that, that's a little surprising to me, too. But it was the great Petey Bell, uh, played by Nick Nolte in Blue Chips, who said, it's not what we do, it's how we do it. He said, I'll go and send all of our plays hey. over, our offense, our defense, everything. I'll go walk over to Bobby Knight right now and hand him everything because it's not what you do, <laughs> it's how you do it. Larry um, Bird style. Here's what yeah. we're going to run when we come back down yeah. the floor. It, it, try to beat it. Try to stop it. Here it comes. We know you can't. I love the idea of someone playing Michigan and just going, all right, run right. Here we go. Run right. Coming right this way. Right here, number 52. I got him. That's my guy about to get blocked. Might as well call your shot. Well, it's been the SEC schools that have been doing that to them. No one else. Well, TCU. TCU as well. Chad. Well, uh, I'm sure there's someone's, someone somewhere when they read this story is saying, well, the SEC's been doing it for centuries. Yeah. They've been at it. They haven't even been around for centuries, but they're probably doing it before they were even a conference. Chad, the saga with Deshaun Watson's injury appears to be close to a, a done, over. And that's because he's cleared yet again, and he returned to practice today for the Cleveland Browns. Watson's back, and that's great news for an injury that's built up some steam of what's really going on here. Because three weeks ago, he was cleared to play pre-game pre during warm-ups and chose not to play with the injured shoulder due to a, a contusion, shoulder contu contusion on, on the throwing shoulder. And now, uh, moving forward, it's a rotator cuff, and he's just having to deal with the pain tolerance. Didn't want to put a timetable on it yesterday, was hopeful to return, but didn't say he, he was guaranteeing the return this week against Indianapolis. But I think it, with, with this being his call, not the Browns, his call, he's been on the injury report, but it was his call not to play a few weeks ago against Baltimore, and it's his call if he wants to return and play against Indianapolis, and I think it's trending that way. And that's, that's good news for the locker room. Uh, it's great news for Stefanski, and it's a solid decision by Deshaun Watson to choose to return right now for a pain tolerance in the shoulder that, shouldn't keep you out more than two games, trending on and headed towards three, plus the bye week. And 
He had, he had not practiced since September 22nd. Now he's back on the field October 19th. And when you consider that Trevor Lawrence is pushing through, trying to play through the, the knee issue on Thursday night football, short week, you, fast, uh, you rewind to what Joe Burrow has been doing with the calf injury and Matthew Stafford pushing through with the hip issue and Aaron Rodgers ahead of schedule with the Achilles recovery trying to get back for the Jets. This is a positive sign for the Browns because they can win in Indianapolis in multiple ways with Deshaun Watson. And if he's not there, they have to win through their defense. And that's their one path. And then if they don't, then you start to hear the, you know, the chirping going on behind the scenes of what's, where's, where's our franchise quarterback? Here's, it's a pain tolerance issue. We're, we're looking yeah. around the league of plenty of quarterbacks that are playing through it. Now he's back on the practice field. Here's what I want now to happen. I want Deshaun Watson to speak for himself and defend himself on this. I am all for transparency and clarity when it comes to whatever this injury is, how he's been feeling, and why he didn't play. If I were attacked in the media or just people in general, Browns fans, NFL fans saying you, that I'm soft if you're a player because you're not pl- gutting it out and playing through this injury, and I knew that there was something more going on, and I could explain that to people, I would love to plead my case. I hope Deshaun Watson does that. If he comes out and says, hey, look, I, when I do this, this is the pain that I feel. I don't have much range of motion when it was hurt. You know, this is the issue that I've been dealing with. I really want him to speak for himself on this thing because it does not look good. It's good that he's coming back now, but the fact that it's just pain tolerance and he's been medically cleared to play, but he's not. I want to hear Deshaun Watson explain himself on this one. I hope he gets a chance to do so. It's just, it's just weird that the medical staff cleared him the game following the matchup where the injury took place. He was cleared to play week four after the injury occurred in week three and then apparently got worse. The pain tolerance just is what it is. And he, he admitted yesterday it's the first time he's dealt with a rotator cuff issue and didn't want to put his team in jeopardy to where they was making the offense worse rather than better with a healthy quarterback. They need Watson back on the field, even if he's 80%. And if he's 60% and he's practicing, that's a great sign for the quarterback that wears the C on his jersey, the captain with the fully guaranteed contract. Chad, the money with ESPN, the financials, what did you take away from the report? So nine months into 2023, ESPN is down from $1.85 billion in revenue to $1.48 billion in revenue. Still making some money, but that's a 20% drop over the last nine months. This comes at a time where the media rights for live sports is skyrocketing while subscriptions to cable packages and the cable bundle is crumbling. And ESPN is feeling the effects of that. We saw the layoffs with some very talented people at ESPN. Hell, I watch Monday Night Countdown and see how terrible it is and think, man, there's some pretty good people they had on that show before that could still be working if the climate wasn't what it was right now in terms of media. Um, There is an opportunity here for someone to step up and fill the vacuum that's about to take place because ESPN can't afford all these sports anymore. They're going to have to make some cuts, make some sacrifices of 
leagues they're partnered with right now. They're currently in negotiations with NBA and the college football playoff trying to extend their media rights with them. May not happen. Maybe it's the NBA who has to go away. Who's going to step up? Uh, Amazon and Apple are the top two possibilities because they seem to have an endless supply of money and they have the wherewithal to spend money on live sports if they so choose. I'm just curious to see who takes this opportunity because ESPN has been it for sports, the top thing going. You want to get your league on ESPN. You want to partner with them. They want to partner with you. Economic climate is going to lead to a situation where they can't partner with everyone anymore. So who steps up? It's interesting, too, because it, with them turning a profit, even if their financials are down, only, I mean, only Netflix turns a profit for the streaming wars, right? Yeah. That, at least in 2022, that was the case. Um, you know, it, it feels like everyone's losing right now. And so your partner, you're trying to partner with the biggest sports brands to bolster what you're doing. And how do you get eyeballs on advertising money? Live sports. Yeah. That's the one avenue That's, to That do is it. the one that still works right You'll now. sit through a commercial break instead of hitting fast forward. Armando Salguero joins us after this break. A lot to discuss across the NFL. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What has been different this season uh, with your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, knowing he's, he's now labeled as a veteran? Yeah, no, he is a veteran. He, uh, um, it's his what six year uh, yeah. starting here, and and you can you can tell he he's got he's got a bunch of young receivers working with those guys. He's really taking them under under his wing, and um, and that's that's new for him. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a new experience for him, and I like the way he's handling it. He spends time during practice during special teams if the guys aren't. On that particular special teams, they go over with him and work on things, and he talks to them constantly. So uh, that's probably the biggest thing I'd tell you. There's Donovan McNabb with Andy Reid, the five spot with Donovan McNabb and Armando Salguero. You can check out the show each Tuesday and Friday on OutKick across the OutKick network, OutKick.com. Uh, a who's who guest list, Chad. Yeah. Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni. Yes, yes. Uh, Guys are crushing it yeah. over there at the five spot. Armando Salguero joins us now, our uh, NFL uh, senior reporter for OutKick. Uh, Armando, well done with, uh, with this show, the five spot. Uh, it is fantastic every Tuesday and Friday. Well, I'm glad that you guys picked the two stars of the show <laughs> and left the club out. Well done by you. Very smart. Good, good, uh, good way to do it um nah seriously it it's been fun nick sirianni last week talked about how he feels great when people fail at the so-called tush push that he gets joy out of it uh 
this week, Andy Reid was talking about Taylor Swift and how he, he knows her dad and <laughs> how he feels like he is partially responsible for hooking up Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift. So it's, it's, it's been fun. And they get McCole uh, Hardiman back in, in a trade yesterday, the Chiefs do, um, to bolster the, the wide receiving core. It has not been the, the Kansas City offense we're used to seeing to start the season. They're continuing to win, but they're in a group at the top of the league right now that you mix and match and, and try to figure out who's the best. Who's at the top of the, of the NFL currently, given the fact that everyone at least has a loss? Right. No, that's a great question because I think there's five, five and one teams. And, and out of those teams, I still think that the San Francisco 49ers are the most complete team. Um, it was a little distressing the way that Brock Purdy kind of played on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, because that was the game where you didn't have Christian McCaffrey for a lot of the game. Debo Samuel went out. And suddenly, Brock Purdy, who's been very good, was very pedestrian and even not very good. And that kind of speaks to he is not an elite quarterback who can raise the play of those around him. He is a quarterback whose play is by those around him. And when those guys are missing, he's just, you know, he, he's just not the same player. And he and was so that that leads to some question. Armando Salguero with us. Let's let's reconnect with him briefly if we can uh, to try to get him back on with the the clean feet, Chad, as we like to say. Clean feet. That's yes. right. We'll give it a go. The other thing that really affected Purdy last weekend was the rain. I thought, you know, that I, early on in a game against Cleveland, the uh, the wet football didn't help. And that you're going to, Chad, you mentioned this, you're going to get that in the elements uh, this time of year in Cleveland and moving forward. That's a huge benefit to the home team and the defense. Yeah. And, and Armando, I'm curious that staying with Cleveland there now, you know, Deshaun Watson, this, this rotator cuff injury we find out this week was a pain tolerance issue. He's going to give it a go now. What, what's the vibe with Deshaun Watson right now in Cleveland and, and what, what does he need to show? the rest of the way for this offense, for this team, because he's got a great complimentary defense to play with on his behalf. He's got a great defense indeed. And the vibe was just before his injury was that he had had his best game as a Cleveland Brown. And so things were looking pretty, pretty great. And then of course he has the injury. Uh, there's rumors that he might've had to take, a, a painkiller, you know, a shot. And sometimes those put you out for a week because you can't really throw. You can't torque up and the velocity isn't there. But afterwards, you're feeling pretty good. And I think that's the reason that Deshaun Watson has been practicing this week and is trending towards playing on Sunday. Roger Goodell gets the uh, the contract extension. That's no shock. Uh, it's now through 2027. And uh, last week in London with the, the fan forum, he mentioned uh, the, the, uh, the comments about potentially uh, considering all things are on the table about a Super Bowl in London, but that's not coming anytime soon. 
Right. So at the NFL fall meeting, which uh, I covered for OutKick, the NFL ran away from the idea that there's going to be a Super Bowl in in uh, in London anytime soon. That is not happening anytime soon. Guys, there's not a team in London right now, and it's not going to be that way for a while yet. And the Super Bowl would come after all of that happens. So we're talking, I would say, I would estimate at least a decade out. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be on the planet a decade <laughs> from now. So <laughs> I'm not worried about it. You're not leaving. I'm not too uh, the NFL does say that they are very much into the idea of international regular season games, right? Regular season games, but not the the premier, not the signature event, not their Super Bowl, because that's a lot of money, and the NFL loves money. How much uh, talk of flag football was going on while, while you're in New York? I, I have to say, I, I think it's pretty cool uh, that now NFL players could go and try to win a gold medal. Uh, not playing the sport they're paid to play, per se, but playing a version of it and a chance to represent their country, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it, too. I mean, why not? If you're going to play the game and it's an American you know, game and Americans are the ones that invented it and play it better than anybody. Why wouldn't the American team have its best players? Right. But the NFL has to work through a lot of things. It was portrayed in some media that the NFL is all for this. No, uh, not yet because there's a lot of hurdles that must be, um, hurdled. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Uh, you know, and a lot of those have to do with the NFLPA and contracts and injuries and timing because the Olympics is a week out from the start of training camps. And so all those things have to get addressed before the NFL and the NFLPA and NFL players are all in on being in the Olympics and representing the United States of America in the Olympic Games. Armando Salguero with us, just back from the NFL owners meetings in New York. Um, it, we mentioned the, the contract extension for Goodell through 2027, where he'll either get another extension or that's when the career at, at comes to an end. And there's already discussion about how that role will be structured moving forward if and when Goodell steps aside. How, how do you think that role looks and, and from this perspective? It actually could be split into two different jobs on behalf of the NFL, not just one person. Right. So the NFL, which is uh, famous for drafting guys to replace guys years ahead of time, is already thinking of guys that might replace the guy, the commissioner, years ahead of time. Um, it's interesting because the NFL, we all know, is an $18 billion uh, business last year. Those were their revenues last year. They're shooting for 50 at some point. Goodell has talked about $27 billion in wow. 
or 25 billion in 2027. The next commissioner is likely to be a, a person who is either just a football guy or just a business guy. And whoever is not the football guy will be the business guy. And whoever is not the business guy will be the football guy. In other words, it will, and, and it might be a gal too. Right. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's leaning towards a two person job now, whereas up until now, like Roger Goodell is the commissioner and CEO of the NFL. The next person will probably be a commissioner. And then there will be a business operator, a CEO of the NFL. Sunday night football, Dolphins at Eagles, both teams five and one. And Tua comes in, he leads the NFL in passing yards and in passer rating, tied for the most touchdown passes right now in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, that offense still seemingly coming along. They're doing enough, but it's not what we're used to seeing from last year with this group. What do you make of the matchup and the consistency of Miami? And can you give us an update on the offensive line for Miami? How banged up are they? They're banged up. Um, you know, it's not great. Uh, on the other hand, the Eagles are banged up on the offensive line, and that's not great. The difference is the Dolphins, they make their hay, so to speak, getting rid of the football very quickly. So you can put and plug people in, and Tua can still get the ball out in 2.5 seconds, uh, the fastest of any team in the NFL. These guys do everything fast. The Dolphins are, are the speed team of the NFL. They have basically taken that persona and made it theirs, especially on offense. Um, and you mentioned their consistency. It's the defensive inconsistency that should concern them because their defense has been, eh, okay. Uh, mm, <laughs> they were down 14 to nothing against Carolina, against winless Carolina, uh, before the offense decided, no, this is not the way that this Sunday is going to roll. We're going to put, you know, a, a 30 spot. Uh, on the board and so things changed obviously but that defense can be had has been had this season especially by the Buffalo Bills and you know the Philadelphia Eagles are not exactly schlubs on offense they need to find a way to run the football which you know is their bread and but is their bread and butter when they try to mostly throw the football. You see what happened last week where they did that because the Jets were missing four out of six defensive backs uh, and it didn't work. Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. That's not the Philadelphia Eagles uh, way. That is not their, you know, their strategy or it shouldn't be. And my guess is that this week it changes back to we're going to ground and pound and then when things loosen up, then we'll throw. Armando Salguero, our NFL reporter for Outkick.com, um, does great work. 
and more coverage from the NFL owners meetings uh, is available right now and much more. And co-host of the weekend. five spot also. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's uh, drop of the five spot with uh, Donovan McNabb and, and you, Armando. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, I will say as very little as possible, and that'll <laughs> make it better. Uh, we don't agree on that. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Armando. Armando. You can't. We say this every time. If you can't get along with that guy, that's a you problem, not our Armando yeah. problem. Yeah, I don't want to know the people who can't get along with Armando. Quite frankly, I want those people out of my life. If they're in my life right now, I don't. I don't want them there <laughs> anymore. If you can't get along with Armando, it is definitely a you problem. That guy is one of the nicest on on the planet. Love talking some ball with Armando. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trying to give it a go tonight. He was listed as a limited participant in Tuesday's practice. Uh, Wednesday, uh, yesterday, he was officially listed as questionable for tonight's game in New Orleans. And he's optimistic that he's playing. He's starting. I'm intrigued by this. The the short week is why I raise an eyebrow to it. If it's Sunday, you're like, okay, he's pushing through. The quick turnaround and knowing that he went out late in that game last week against Indianapolis... And the idea that they were going to go with C.J. Beathard, and now they've got their guy. Jacksonville's 4-2 and two, and can continue to staircase climb. Although the venue he's playing in, he hasn't had much success in. Stay tuned. More coming right here on Hot Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're live, 6th and Peabody, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Outkick Studios, and here for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, across the Outkick Network. How's the chat today, Chad? And Chat's great. Too. Chat's Always. great. Someone was requesting that uh, Armando not say tush push with that play, and uh, I, I responded and said, with Philly, they call it brotherly shove. Is what I've, I've seen. Did I make that up? I, I swear I've heard that or read that somewhere. I'm sure you have. That's great. I don't think I'm clever enough to come up with that on my own. It's a great nickname for that play, but I've, I've heard it referred to as the brotherly show. I'm going to just act like you just declared it that. So congrats to me for yeah. having come up with that right there on the spot. Maybe I did. I, I could have swore that it's been there said before. There are so many teams and players that are pissed off for greatness over the fact that that play exists, and Philly's excellent at it. Some teams have tried it, and they're not great. I wonder if they make some type of rules adjustment for that. I hope they don't. I mean, there's no... It's, they're going to make a rules adjustment. They will. Uh, I, can, I can feel it coming a mile away. Too many people around they're the league going to claim are complaining the, uh, about it. Safety. And it's going to be a, a quarterback safety something they're going to come up with yeah, for it. they will. They will. I don't... I, it's, it's interesting. I see this a lot more in college football, too. Sort of the rugby scrum, four or five yards downfield, where the running back... Or you know has the ball and offensive linemen are allowed just to come and shove them from behind after they've already picked up some yardage when they're getting held up. Yes, I think it's a lack of tackling that's contributing to this, where guys just getting held up 
you know, stood up and not just people going in for the the true fundamental tackle on a player. I don't – it's interesting to watch. I don't know that I like that part of it either. Th- this play, it's cool now, but I can see where opponents wouldn't like it. Yeah. Uh, opponents and the play of DK Metcalf. Pete Carroll doesn't like the penalties. Opponents don't like DK uh, after the play or away from a play. And it's interesting to see what the NFL does with the most recent example. So DK Metcalf, uh, he took a cheap shot on Cam Taylor Britt this past week in Cincinnati, where away from the play, they're battling down the field. And, you know, it's plays over, split second over. And then the massive shove happens, and Britt takes the fall. But it's not one of those, uh, you know, you're acting like you're, you're taking the spill and you're trying to draw the flag. This was an obvious one. In front of a sideline and the refs, and this isn't the first time that has happened. He did this against um, the Los Angeles Rams and Akella Weatherspoon. Um, this happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was fined $21,000 for that unnecessary roughness penalty. Pete Carroll has a board in the, the, the players' meeting room, and he puts all the penalties on that board when they have the meeting on Monday after a game. And the quote here is, we put penalties on the board, and the guys that have the most are on the top. He was up there with another guy. We all have to acknowledge it and recognize what our issues are, whatever they are, and it happens to be in this case. He's getting called. He knows. He's got to clean it up. And we have to make sure that we're aware of how they're calling stuff. He's a very aggressive player and a very physical and very physical, and it stands out and he draws attention because of that. We've got to be cleaner. He knows it and he's got to get it done. Now, uh, this is more than just aggressive and he's got to be cleaner and, and make sure that he's not drawing attention. It's obvious that you're drawing attention to yourself when you're doing this the way he's doing it. And it's the prime example of unnecessary roughness but Metcalf doesn't care about what Pete Carroll has to say it's just a board to me talking about the penalty board I'm not going to change the way I play if you look at the penalties there's a taunting unnecessary roughness face mask holding and I think I have one more in there I'm doing pretty good if I look at it and judge myself knowing how I play and just try to be consistent and have clean hands or whatever the case may be I'm not going to change who I am as a player or a person that's Metcalf. And he, he was asked about losing control in a split second and being caught up in the moment. Quote, have you had a bad day at work sometimes? All right. That's all I nail it down to. Nobody's perfect. I'm my own person. And like I just said, I'm a competitive person. I'm not going to shy away because he put a penalty on the board on the screen. I'm just going to continue to be me. DK Metcalf. Now, there are some that uh, have seen the second instance of this and want him suspended. If the NFL is going to find him 21,000 for the first one, there are some that are clamoring for him to be suspended. I'm eager to see what happens this week. Most of the time, the fines are levied on Fridays. So we'll find out something on this tomorrow, but it's going to be a steep, uh, a steep fine that's coming his way that will just be taken out of the check. I like how he went through the highlights of all the penalties. I think I've had a face but, mask, a holding, but think about uh, the penalties. Fifteen-yard penalty, it's not a, conduct. Yeah, it's it's not you know offensive pass interference. It's unnecessary roughness, face mask, like the run of the mill. It's not just being 
it, not just cleaning it up and you're being targeted by the by the official. You see what I'm saying? It's it's penalties of aggression. And yeah. I mean, I, and I like his physicality. Yeah, I understand that he's it's thinking I'm not going to change shot. the way I'm playing because I'm a physical player. But it's after the whistle that in both cases. I, I, but him saying I'm, I'm I'm not changing anything. It's just a board to me. I, no, it, it hurts the team, <laughs> and you're putting yourself in jeopardy of getting suspended, which would really hurt the team. So, yeah, I, I don't know that he's taking the right approach to it. I, everything Pete Carroll said was perfect in, in describing him and describing what needs to be done. DK Metcalf is going to take this a little bit more seriously and not just flippantly. Uh, it's just a board, but all those you can put all those penalties up there. No big deal. He's hurting the team, but I would love him uh, on my team. If well, I, for sure, yeah. but I mean, he's also got to oh, yeah. acknowledge must that it hurts the team when you get and it penalties did in like Cincinnati. That. It did in Cincinnati. Yeah, Chad, uh, we've got Davy Hudson about to join us. Time to pick your poison. All right, guys, to get things going, you know how this game works. To give you several options, typically it's three. Uh, I think that's the case for. And great debates here because you make them very difficult. Well, I appreciate that. So we're going to start with a football one. Uh, I've even thrown a boxing one into the equation today and then just one for, you know, everyday life. I think everybody can relate to in some form or fashion. But we know the NFL, very historic league. And when you look at some of the most historic programs, uh, names such as the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys come to mind. And so for our first pick your poison today, one of these following historic teams is going to be permanently relegated. Which one of the three would you relegate? So the the TV networks would definitely disagree with my decision on this one. Oh, we may have the same answer. But this is an easy one for me. It's the Dallas Cowboys is who I'm relegating. Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Green Bay Packers, it's such a big part of the fabric of what makes the NFL unique and cool is that early on you had a team in that small of a market – and they went on to do great things with Vince Lombardi, and now it's Titletown USA for the NFL. Absolutely not relegating them. And sort of the same goes with Pittsburgh. When I think of an NFL mindset, an NFL fan base, and a team and an organization with an actual identity, I'm thinking Pittsburgh Steelers football. Uh, it is a blue-collar town. It is a great football town. You think about the black and gold. You think about them. The Cowboys maybe have more fans than any other team in the league. But yes. if I'm having to relegate one of these three, it's the Cowboys. Well, so let me make the case for why I, I debated selecting Green Bay before I tell you why I selected Dallas. Selecting Green Bay, it, I was looking at it through a different lens. If you want just pure success and eyeballs on the product, you keep Dallas, absolutely, because you're keeping plenty of, of dollars coming in on the, the network side of things for a broadcast. And also... Uh, Chad and I are, are a great example of why Dallas and Pittsburgh are so popular. Prior to the Titans moving from the Oilers moving from Houston and becoming the Titans here in Nashville, if you wanted to watch NFL regionally, we either watched the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what this the one game that was on locally for us here, regardless if we wanted to watch or not. That's why there's so many even here. Dallas Cowboys fans or yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It, it, especially people who grew up in the 70s. Yes. You, know, back in the, yes. those, you picked one of those two teams. But even uh, the early 90s, uh, that, that's what you yeah. watched here. That was, that was on TV every week. Uh, but I'm picking Dallas for, uh, to be relegated for this reason. I, I'm 
intrigued to see who is next in line for the honor of being America's team. Who would be that, that franchise to grab the, the brass ring? There's plenty of, of contenders. Pittsburgh's one of them. Green Bay's another one. But I don't know if there's a surefire lock of who's second in all of this. And I'm fascinated to have that debate and would want to figure that out. We'd never get it, but I'd love to know what Roger Goodell would say if, if this question were posed. Oh, that would be amazing. I think to he would get his honest. I think response. he'd say Pittsburgh of these three. I, know, I think he would say Dallas because he and Jerry Jones have gotten into it a little bit. Okay. Jerry's mm-hmm. the one that's questioning I, all the contract extensions and bonus money for not. He's, Jerry's said like, I don't think we should hand out a bonus for not doing anything, but just doing everything that we've done in a year prior. And that's and I'm paraphrasing that, but I mean, if you're going after and talking about Goodell's money, uh, peace. We love Jerry, though. Absolutely. You talk about uh, Jerry and Roger getting into it, guys. Well, for our next one, we're stepping into the ring. And with Showtime Sports going away, I know Showtime Boxing was huge back in the day. And so uh, some of the more historic fights that happened on uh, Showtime Boxing included Mike Tyson, uh, one of the greatest fighters ever, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Evander Holyfield, just three names as far as when I was looking up some of their top fights and as far as just guys that really brought in the ratings. If you had to step into the ring with one of these three, who, who would you least like to face? Or No, let me rephrase. You get to pick one of these guys, and you got to last a round. We know it's not going to happen, but if you had to pick, right. who would it be? Yeah, it's Sugar Ray Leonard uh, just because of the size. I mean, he's a lot quicker also. But I, if I'm just looking out for my personal well-being, uh, I'd rather be punched by Sugar Ray Leonard than Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield, two heavyweights, I, as opposed to him. <laughs> I'm not lasting a full round with any of these guys. Yeah, Let's no. be completely clear. Right. It's going to be a pretty quick fight. But uh, I, if I have to get knocked out by one of the three, I guess is really the question, I pick Sugar Ray Leonard. So we can I, use bull, uh, bull riding rules to where it's like, can you get eight seconds, you know? I mean, I could probably run around uh, for eight seconds and then force them to rabbit punch me in the back of the head because I'm not looking at them. So, yeah, I could, I'm sure I could do that. Uh, I'm definitely getting uh, KO'd here, just like Chad admitted. And because of that, I'm just going to pick the swift exit from the ring, Tyson. <laughs> Plus, I get to uh, say I was knocked out by Mike Tyson. Yeah, and, I, and, I would I just mean, fear for the swift exit from life with well, one of those guys. I mean, he hasn't also, killed anyone in the ring. It's right. a very Alan Gamble move. I like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, uh, not Alan Gamble. Uh, what's Alan's last name from the night, hangover? Night. Chad, uh, uh, but if I, if, if, if Tyson Allen, did uh, knock me out in a you know forever, uh, you could put that on the uh, uh, at the at the gravesite. Killed by Mike Tyson. Yeah, a blaze of glory. It's chose way, one to, way to go out. Chose to be killed. Yes. Al, Alan Garner, Alan Gamble was Will Ferrell in the other guys. There you go. Yeah, classic, uh, classic mix. I'm going with Tyson just for the uh, fast and swift and storyline afterwards. Yeah, I, I like your reasoning, too, just saying you got punched by Tyson. Guys, finally, it's only for the rest of your life for this next one, but you either catch every red light you come across or every time you have to go in front of or you're in a line, you have to wait at least 15 minutes. I'm so, choosing the 15-minute wait for a line. I'm, I'm confused here. So we – oh, you're getting every oh, – I got you. Okay. Um I'm I'm the same. I, I'm I'm going with the 15 minute wait. So here's of being here's in the why the logic be. here would be, I can choose whether or not I want to stand in line for 15 minutes. How much do I want that coffee? How much do I need uh, the, the to go into the convenience store after filling up for gas? I, I've got to drive, and 
I don't want to hit every red light along the way. Your so. budget's probably helped by the 15 minutes in line because you're just going to decide not to buy as much stuff. Yeah, or right? it's just like, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't really don't need this. I'm leaving. I'll just go with GoPuff or something instead of waiting yeah. in the line. I'll pack, that my, I'll pack my own lunch. That's a good one, though. Instead I, of waiting at the counter. Which one would you choose, Davey? Uh, I would probably choose the red light, but in my scenario for this one, I'm moving out to a more rural area. There's a town uh, not far from where I grew up. They only had one red light. So I'm thinking, well, you know what? I could just – one red light. I, I could work around that. If you, if you live in that town, you're thinking, well, I don't have to worry about that. No, no red light problem here. Good questions today, Davey. Appreciate work. you guys. Chad, uh, coming up, Pat McAfee bringing the, the heat and the energy on college game day. But there's a recent poll and a survey – that didn't align with what I thought People the results would be. People That's hate change. People hate change. Next, right here on Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow.